Welcome to the Happy Kids Podcast, produced by the Better Living Institute and sponsored by AppJudo for your software needs, BulletPad for writing lists on your iPad, and also sponsored by our listeners. That's folks like you. We're Kira and Bill Van Intersom, and welcome to today's show. Today we're talking about how magic makes kids happy. Hi, everyone. And I truly love magic. I can remember as a young child watching the Milky the Clown show and seeing those tricks. Of course, the Soupy Sales show at lunchtime had tricks every now and then. Not every day, but every now and then. It was so fun to watch. Ricky the Clown. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, I think what really makes magic so special is that it really does make learning fun for kids. Uh, yeah, for adults too, I think, grown-ups. Well, professional magician Dennis Michael says, in essence, magic is applied science. Kind of makes you think about uh, like Mr. Wizard when I was a kid, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we think that's true as well, what he says. And we feel that it does encourage observation, inferential reasoning, and deductive thinking, all really great things and all things that are quite tough to teach at school. So using something fun and entertaining to get the kids involved, like, say, magic, (laughs) might be a good entry into the classroom. I would think so. Maybe at times they do bring in magicians. I don't know. (laughs) but (laughs) I haven't heard of any. (laughs) You know, when you think about it, though, Bill, really, magic is like a lesson in physics. It seems to, you know, defy all the natural order of things. And yet behind the magic is the actual physics lesson. This is what's really so cool. You know, it gets kids thinking. They want to know how that happened. How did they make that work? Absolutely. Yeah, it's a really great tool. And for all of you educators out there that are trying to get this STEM thing handled, science, technology, engineering, and math, and get that into lower grades. Maybe think about bringing magic in there. (laughs) You might find ways to teach those subjects a lot more fun and enjoyable. Right. Of course, I think you have to have a little bit of skill if you're going to be a magician. They make it look really easy, but in fact, it isn't all that easy. And I know we've seen varying levels of magicians. We've been over to the library and also to some of the shows during the summer out on the stage at the park when they're doing music in the park. And, you know, you do have to have a little expertise in order to pull it off. Sometimes we're watching a show and the kids have a great deal of fun because the magician will be showing one part of the audience how he's doing the trick and the other kids know what's going to happen next. And part of the kids don't have a clue and they'll be yelling, but look, look what he's doing. No, no, don't do this. (laughs) So they love to, you know, figure it out and be able to yell out the answer. And of course, as kids get older, like as our grandkids are getting older, they are getting more sophisticated. And so they're seeing through some of the things that, you know, were fun for them when they were three and four and five. Mm -hmm. And so now magicians are going to have to use an even greater level of skill. But that's, again, true for (laughs) grownups. True. (laughs) We don't like to watch a fumbler. We definitely like to watch some of the really hot people that are doing the acts today in Las Vegas. I think as kids grow older and they do learn a little bit more about how things do work in the world, they begin to sort of see that, you know, wait, this isn't supposed to happen this way. You're doing something. You're making this happen. What are you doing? 
they become sort of skeptical about what's happening. Now, how do you introduce magic to your kids or your grandkids? You know, you just take it out of a box and set it down and say, here, let's do some magic. You know, well, about 25 years ago, we got a book and a kit and gave it to our youngest son, who's our grandkid's daddy, for Christmas. And it's called the Klutz Book of Magic. And there were several different Klutz Book kits at the time. Klutz Book of Harmonica, which we also have, <laughs> and several <laughs> others. Christopher loved that. And he was about the same age that Ryan is now. Ryan's... He's yeah. nine. <laughs> That's right. Yes. He's nine and a half. So Chris was just about that same age. And we got that kit out. Oh, last year sometime. The book is real easy to read and it opens up flat on the table and it's got little juggling cubes that go with it and it's got a bow tie and it's got white gloves and, oh my gosh, little um, wire <laughs> tricks that he can learn to perform various things with. Right, lots of little things that we added to the To mix. the kit, too, <laughs> that were in the same bag. Uh -huh. That's right. We saved it all when... Chris got tired of it. We put it all away, and we're very careful with it. And so now it's nice and fresh and new to be utilized again. But after looking at it and really getting... Well, he thumbed through the book. He did read the books. That's right. He did. But he didn't really... I mean, he examined all the tricks and examined the bow tie and the gloves and put the gloves on. But really, he kind of got disinterested in it fairly quickly so we thought, well, you know, it's hard to compete today, too. We didn't have iPads back then to <laughs> right. compete with. And we didn't have video games back then to compete with. Video games that we did have, you know, were no comparison, like Dig Dug or you know, <laughs> Pac-Man. There was, there was no no competition of what we have today with Minecraft and, oh, my gosh, so many of the others. But interestingly, Kira had an experience that she shared first with me and then she shared it with Ryan. I'll let her take over that. Well, I was watching a program on YouTube. It was just a little spot that I saw and it was an iPad magician. His name is Simon Piero. He's a German magician and he was on the Ellen DeGeneres show, the spot that I was watching. And he was just doing these amazing tricks with the iPad. I mean, pouring water liquid into the, seemingly pouring it into the iPad and making photographs pop out of the iPad and just in amazing ways. It was just remarkable all the things he was doing. And of course, I couldn't figure out any of it. And I know everyone in Ellen DeGeneres' audience was really wowed by it too. So thinking that Ryan loves the iPad and stays on it quite a bit and does a lot of research on YouTube as well. He likes to build things and make things and he's always looking at those kind of projects on iPad. So I got that YouTube and I showed it to Bill and, you know, we both thought that he would really like it. So the next time he was here, I actually put it on the TV. We, we have a big flat screen TV and, and he was able to watch it and he was really immersed in that. He thought that was amazing. So much so that when his dad came to pick him up that day, he wanted his dad to look at it as well. And so they watched it together. And, <laughs> and then, of course, that spurred him on. He went on to research a lot of this he went on to YouTube and started watching many of the magical presentations on YouTube. Now, we're going to post this actual video on our website. So again, just go to www.betterlivinginstitute.com and go to the Happy Kids page and look for this podcast, Magic Makes Kids Happy, and you will see the video there and you will love it. If you haven't seen it already, it's a treat. 
But it did spur him on, as Kira said, and it was something that caused him to regain attention to magic. So we're still hopeful that we're going to slip the klutz book of magic tricks back into there so that he could actually start doing some and wowing his sisters and wowing his grandparents on all sides of the new wonderful things he can do. So we want to talk a little bit more about why kids love magic and what about it they absolutely love. And we're going to take just a sec to acknowledge one of our sponsors, and we'll be right back to talk about that, what kids absolutely love about magic. Time to thank one of our sponsors. Today's show is sponsored by BulletPad, the fun and intuitive app for writing outlines and organizing your thoughts on your iPad. With BulletPad, you can quickly create a hierarchical list of bullet points, giving structure to your great ideas. BulletPad is an outstanding tool for writers, thinkers, and folks like you. Begin organizing today. Get BulletPad for free. Just go to the App Store on your iPad and search for BulletPad. And we're back. So, what do kids absolutely love about magic? <laughs> well, the first thing I think that I would put on that list is tricks. Kids absolutely love pulling tricks on other people. <laughs> and they like to learn the tricks so they can pull them on their friends as well. <laughs> and of course, I don't know about other people, but I, I'm assuming this is probably true of most people. Kids absolutely love a mystery and they love puzzles. They love figuring out how things go together and come apart. So a lot of that takes place in magic tricks. And that's back to that same lesson in physics. You know, why is Bill Nye, the science guy, so popular with our grandkids and so many others today? Because they love puzzling out things and understanding things. And they really are exploring the physical side of the world, which really is what physics is all about. Another really big one, I think, is that they like fooling people, especially if those people are adults. <laughs> they really <laughs> like fooling adults. <laughs> and I love it when they're able to use their imagination and their make-believe to go with the joke and also to act like they're fooling the grown-ups. You know, quite a few podcasts back, we talked about this game that our youngest granddaughter learned in preschool, Lump Lump. Who's that lump? And that is such a fun game. And it really is about fooling people. What they did is they took one child and placed them away from the rest of the group in the bathroom or someplace where they couldn't see what was going on. And then they took another child from the group and placed them under a big blanket in the middle of the room. In a circle. All, they were all sitting in a circle. Right. All the others are sitting around the lump. <laughs> the lump is the one covered up with a blanket. <laughs> and and then they bring the child who's been in the bathroom or wherever they place them, maybe in the hallway, back into the classroom, and they start singing, Lump, lump, who's that lump? So that child that's been away from the group has to look around the room, look around the circle, and discover which child is missing who was there before they went into the bathroom to hide. So it's just so much fun. Now, when our granddaughter plays this in our house, we don't have 15 kids <laughs> to sit in a circle. So she really has to suspend belief. And she has to use her imagination. And by gosh, if she doesn't do that, and it just tickles her. She the, just giggles and giggles. Oh my the God. name never, This game never gets old with her. Never. She just absolutely, 
enjoys playing that game and she'll play it anytime. <laughs> but don't we all do that, even as grown-ups? Suspend our belief, use our imagination, use our fantasy powers so that we can enjoy magic. Most of us know that the tricks are not real, that the levitations are not real, but we're still awed in any case at some of the things that these magicians can do, both male and female. Exactly. <laughs> well, and of course, this is a really big element of magic for kids, and that is having fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they love to have fun. Yeah. They also like solving problems. That's just a natural part of a child's nature to try and figure out how things work. And this leads to new experiences for them and the joy of helping and being involved. Also, surprise! <laughs> <laughs> All those things are elements of magic and elements that kids absolutely love. Another thing that, and I said this earlier, they like knowing how things work when someone else doesn't know. <laughs> they like knowing <laughs> okay. something someone else doesn't know. It makes them feel really special. Kids are kind of like born know-it-alls anyway. <laughs> sort of how they are. And, and that's quite the approach that we're using now to reintegrate our grandson into, like say, the Klutz Book of Magic and some more of the actual tougher tricks to get his attention at a deeper level and to get his concentration to a deeper level as we're appealing to that side of him, knowing how they work and also knowing how they work without other people knowing how they work so he can <laughs> fool them. So we're using both of that, fooling adults and fooling other kids and secretly knowing how they work himself. This sort of spurs them on to want to learn more tricks because they really do like the aspect of knowing the secret that you can't see. <laughs> they sure do. Now we need to take another quick break to acknowledge the other sponsor of our show. So we'll be right back to talk some more of what kids absolutely love about magic. Also sponsoring our show today is AppJudo, your complete web and mobile application development service. AppJudo uses the best technologies and computer science principles to build attractive and intuitive user interfaces that your customers will easily understand and love to use. Whether you want to design and build a new app or refactor and redesign an existing app, AppJudo can help make your project a success. Visit AppJudo today at www.appjudo.com. And now we're going to continue with our discussion on what kids absolutely love about magic. So one of the things that we talked about is that they like to know things other kids don't know. So absolutely one of the most important ingredients in magic is having secrets. <laughs> <laughs> You know, this kind of reminds me of our grandson, Ryan, once again. This year, around Christmas time, he was saying he didn't believe in Santa Claus. He said, I know that's not really Santa. When we went to the mall and whenever we went to any place where there was a Santa booth, he was like, Grandma, I know that's not Santa. That isn't Santa. Those guys are not Santa. I you know, I can't believe people are stupid enough or dumb enough to believe that. And of course, we're horrified because <laughs> he's saying this. He's nine, but he's saying this in front of his seven-year-old and his four-year-old sister, who is like totally, totally. I mean, they go and get, she goes with mom and gets pictures of Santa with her on Santa's lap. And so we're going, oh, no, shut your mouth, you know. <laughs> And I'm thinking to myself, oh boy, you know, he's so young and I, I didn't really think this was going to happen so soon. Well, then his father came home and I was telling him what happened and he said, well, you know, 
It isn't that he doesn't believe in Santa. He just doesn't think those guys are the real Santa. (laughs) And I went, oh, okay. And I realized that, you know, this is what he thinks. All these other kids are really dumb because they believe these dressed up Santas are the real Santa. And he knows they're not the real Santa. (laughs) So I was like, oh. So that's his secret. That's how it ties in. That's his secret. That yes. he knows that he thinks the other kids don't know. Exactly. And he just loves having that knowledge, you know, and, and thinking these other kids are really dumb. So I think it's kind of the nature of a child to like to put one over on other people. Another thing about magic, I think, is that when you're watching it, you see all these really amazing things. And kids love amazing things. <laughs> you know, this is why they love all the fantasy movies and stories that they see on television. It's just all this amazing things happening. Well, again, grown-ups, too. I mean, when David Copperfield walked through the Great Wall of China, that was pretty amazing, <laughs> this big granite structure. Yeah, and you're all scratching your head. Oh, how is this happening? Another thing that they do with magic shows quite often, too, is, is they involve animals, or they'll have puppets that are characters that are telling part of the story or doing part of the magic, especially with the little kids. And this is something that little kids really love. (laughs) They love animals and puppets. And so they get more involved and their attention is right there when those elements are present in the magic trick. And it's especially good if the magician is skilled so that he can create that disbelief. He can create that fantasy. Make-believe is such a powerful thing to a child. And it's amazing to watch them employ that. But it's guided by the best of the magicians. If they're good, they can create that moment. You know, it really is true. I mean, kids kind of live in this realm between magic, between make-believe and reality. I wanted to tell the story about Riley and her little Elmo doll. A lot of times, you know, I'll say to Riley, you know, Elmo, who she carries around all the time, she has to have Elmo as he's kind of her little comfort object. She doesn't go anyplace without Elmo. So a lot of times I'll say, oh, Riley, you know, you left Elmo over here on the couch and he's really sad. He's crying. He misses you when she's sort of tossed him aside for a while and she's been playing without him. And she'll say, no, Grandma, Elmo is a stuffed toy. He doesn't cry. (laughs) (laughs) And yet this very same stuffed toy has to go to bed with her every night. He has to go with her on every car trip. He has to be with her almost all the time or she's very unhappy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they'll have to come back from their house. Back to our house to get Elmo if they've forgotten Elmo. (laughs) (laughs) So there's something about Elmo is that, you know, he's both real to her and unreal to her. (laughs) It's kind of interesting. Now, another thing I think kids really love about magic is they like to be able to master a challenge. Recently, after we did the Magician iPad YouTube episode with Ryan, He came over, and he had this folded paper in his hand, and he was saying, Grandma, hold the paper here and move it this way. And he had folded it, and all these little, he had like a little pocket in it, and and it held a coin. A quarter. He had a quarter in there. And if you held it just so, you could drop the quarter out of it, and the quarter would disappear. So he had this whole trick planned out, and he was demonstrating it. 
And he was so happy that he was able to do this and that he knew the secret of how the coin disappeared. And and he was really doing it quite well. He had mastered this trick and he was hiding the coin and then he would make it disappear. I think this is another really good thing about a trick like this or magic in general. It does give the kids challenges to overcome and they learn to master a trick. It's quite an art. <laughs> and it's also, as Kira was talking earlier, about some of the kids in a magical show knowing the trick or being able to see it. Our four-year-old granddaughter had seen the trick before he brought it here. So she knew the whole trick. And she was just so tickled to watch him first fool grandma and then fool papa. And she just, look at, oh, Ryan, Ryan's doing this. And it was just so much fun to it was fun. be part of all this. And, of course, they love to have adult attention. So if you're working with your kids in magic, you are providing attention. You have to or it's not going to work. And whether you're helping to teach the trick or you're helping to get them involved in it or you're just a quiet, patient audience, you're giving them the attention that they so dearly crave. <laughs> exactly. I think another thing, too, about having attention from an adult who is a magician is very often these people are kind of silly adults that act very childlike. And kids sort of gravitate toward those kind of adults. In fact, I think, Bill, you are one of those kind. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm silly, that's for sure. <laughs> but one thing I do love to do is to try to find a different way to get them off the dime when they get so headstrong and stubborn rather than just confront them direct on. Now, that's not to say that I never, ever confront them direct on. And we don't have those kind of battles, too, occasionally. But, well, back to Elmo again. The other day, Riley's mom and dad were both here picking up the three kids. So Riley's mom took Elmo out to the car just so he would not be forgotten and our four-year-old granddaughter didn't realize that he went out there. So when it came time to go, she said, well, where's Elmo? And her mom said, well, Elmo's already in the car. And she said, but I wanted to take him out there. I was going to take Elmo to the car. Well, I'm not going. I'm going to sit on the couch, and I'm not going. Someone's going to have to go get Elmo so I can take him to the car myself. <laughs> so <laughs> I could see a headstrong uh-huh. confrontational (laughs) issue because her mom was not going to go back out to the car Uh, to get Elmo and we don't want to cater to Riley in that way anyways. So rather than have a huge fight, I said to Riley and I had my socks on. We don't wear shoes in the house. So I had my socks on and I said, well, I'm going to go put my shoes on and I'm going out to the car and I'm going to hide Elmo in the yard. (laughs) (laughs) So she jumps off the couch. And I said, you won't beat me because you can't get your shoes on fast enough. But if you could, you could go out there and save him (laughs) from me. So I got one shoe and I got ready to put it on. And I kind of fooled around a little bit watching how she, she's just mad sitting down getting her shoes on free for all. And she's got these shoes that have the The uh, lights, Velcro (laughs) straps instead of um, lace ups. And I'm putting on my tennies with my laces and, Oh, I struggled to get that first one on and lace it up and tie the bow on it and stuff. And then I grabbed my second shoe. I said, see, see, I'm going to beat you. And she was already putting her second shoe on. <laughs> so yeah. then she tore out the door and went to the car to 
you know, keep Elmo safe. Ha <laughs> 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 Grandpa. <laughs> Papa, I got it. I got Elmo. <laughs> now, it doesn't work every time. And unfortunately, if I'm not in the right frame of mind, it doesn't work at all. <laughs> yeah, because That's I'm just true. as confrontational as her mom was about to be at that moment. And it's not like her mom doesn't have those skills because she teaches first graders for a living. So she's got plenty of those skills. But it was just the time of the moment. And it's really wonderful when you can create a suspension of belief moment like that. And it works. It really does work, especially with the really little ones. And it does overcome a lot of really nasty confrontations. Adults who can play like that really do kind of have a connection with kids that other adults don't have. Well, to imagine and to share in the illusions. But again, we all do that, don't we? I mean, haven't most of you in our audience watched The Lord of the Rings? And that's a total suspension of belief. Haven't you watched Spider-Man and with some of your kids? Did you watch Superman with (laughs) some of your kids? I mean, it's all suspension of belief. And yet it's so magical and the moment is priceless. Well, here's the takeaway that I want people to have from this whole show. Fantasy is magic. Science is magic. Life is magic. You know, and these are the connections that I want our kids to be making. I want them to know that what they imagine can be created in one form or another and that they can have fun being involved in that creation, you know. I think magic can be the beginnings of kids that are thinking, as I think Dennis Michael said, there is more in the world than what our parents have told us. (laughs) You know, I want them to be thinking of things that they can create and that things that they can do that will surprise people. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, absolutely. So, Bill, I think we've come to the conclusion of our show for today. Bill and I want to thank you for being with us today on the Happy Kids Podcast. To subscribe to our show, go to iTunes Podcast and look for Better Living Institute, the Happy Kids Podcast. There you'll also find all the podcasts produced by the Better Living Institute, the Book Talk Podcast, the Healthy Tips Podcast, the Love Stories Podcast, and our two newest podcasts, the Happiness Experience, and today's podcast, the Happy Kids Podcast. At the Better Living Institute, we're creating health, wealth, and happiness, one loving conversation at a time. You can also find our podcast and view all of the great stories, photos, and links that we post by visiting our website at www.betterlivinginstitute.com. While there, please go to our contact page and leave us a comment. Kira and I encourage you to send us some feedback. You can also like and message us on Facebook. Just go to www.facebook.com forward slash Better Living Institute. In addition, our email address is feedback at betterlivinginstitute.com. We hope you'll listen again next time and remember to share our show with your friends and family. This is Kieran Bill Van Ittersom for the Better Living Institute saying so long for now, everyone. 